Welcome to the 58th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Convoy by Convoy Games. Sander, who are you? And what do you do? Um, well, I'm Sander. I am from the Netherlands. Uh, I am the designer, uh, scripter, and business guy of Convoy Games, which makes Convoy. Indeed, it did and does. Yes. You can say does because you're, it's, on, it's on the brink of being released, isn't it? It's, it's a, uh, I think it's about a week away right now, actually. Yeah. The nervous time. It's You'll be fine. Yeah. So first of all, it's a, it was a crowdfunded game, wasn't it? So uh, uh, Yeah. Well done. That's Thanks. That's not easy. So before we go delving into or driving along into Convoy, sorry, there's going to be lots of puns on <laughs> driving throughout this entire show. I apologise in advance, everyone, but you do the same. Yeah. Maybe you would. I don't know. Yeah, um, so the first, you've answered the first question pretty easily. Nicely done. <laughs> All right. So it doesn't stumble most people. What is your, what is your name? What do you do? You've done that. Well yeah, it should be easy. I mean, that's something. Yeah, it's uh, the, like this, like video games, this show does have a difficulty curve and eventually it ramps up. Uh, to, <laughs> then it reaches a, a zenith and there's a boss monster right at the end. Right. At oh. which point you might actually rage quit. I don't know. Uh, hasn't happened yet, but it could happen. Uh, <laughs> okay. How did you make your start making games? Is this your first or have you been working on it many years? Or um, what's your background? Well... That's something, actually, um, I thought about a couple of days ago when we got an interview request. Or not an interview request, actually. It was a review request by another uh, magazine. Okay. It's a magazine from the Netherlands called, um, what's it called again? PC Gameplay or something. Okay. Uh, it's a PC gamers magazine. And I remember reading that magazine when I was around, like, 11 years old or something. It was in 1999, I believe. And there right. was a very big section of a Half-Life modding tutorial uh, in it, so I read that, and that's basically I think the first time I sort of really did try to make something out of a game, um, like try to make my own sort of game with with um, the modding tools. Uh, so yeah, that's where it started, I think. Uh, so that's definitely an excellent gateway. We got a lot of developers come over and say, "Oh yeah, I made my start making mods for insert name of game here." Oh yeah, uh, you know, Battlefield was one. I knew a friend of mine who did lots of. Stuff yeah, in Battlefield too, well, yeah. um, because it's just uh, it's not so much you couldn't get into the lo- low level code, but that wasn't a problem because you could just modify. Yeah. Yeah, am I right in thinking that? Well, I'm I'm not really sure. I can't really speak for Battlefield Two because no. uh, I've never really worked on that. But at least for the first Battlefield, um, I think at the time there were some people 
I mean, there weren't any like mod tools available for it, uh, I believe. Um, and there were some people who sort of made their own map editor for it and um, just other sort of tools. Uh, and yeah, people really got into it. Um, and then I think that's where like all the the big mods came from, like uh, Desert Combat and all that, which later turned into Battlefield 2 and then the whole sort of new Battlefield series. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's important that at least for for me it was important that I didn't really have to know code or something um, because I, I couldn't yeah. really do that at the time. No, it's I mean people say oh you know, it's not that complex maths. Actually, it's not really about maths. It's conceptualizing the concept of switches and thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of them, fact, millions of them, almost, yeah, exactly, yeah. almost countless, and how they all interact. Uh, that's that's my view on it. And there's many, you know, so I do hear developers go, oh, you don't need to know heavy maths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's like the maths you, you learn in school, but it, no. you do need some sort of conceptual, like, thinking. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... No one's asking for, you know, calculus, but are nah. they? Maybe they are. Well, it, I don't know. It can, it can get very complex, I think. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, um, I'm not a really good programmer at all, uh, and I wish I sort of learned that when I was 10 uh, instead of, yeah. I don't know, messing around with Half-Life mods. Yeah. Uh, but no, I didn't, no. So how did you make your move from that? How, how did you things progress? Um, well, um, I basically sort of started playing a lot of Counter-Strike at the time as well. Of course. Uh, Dropped out of school, um, didn't really do anything for a while, just played games and all that. Um, And then at some point when I was around 21, I believe, um, I was like, yeah, I really should be doing something with my life. And then um, I went to uh, college. Because in the Netherlands, that's really cool. If you're 21, you can sort of enroll in college and then you have to do a test and like basically, you know... uh, where the, the, this test would like say you're not stupid or whatever, and you're you're competent enough to be able to like uh, get the college courses. Um, so I did that, and then I was in college and um, actually uni. I guess it depends on like where you're from. Uh, if it's like uni or college, let's all yeah, UK we call the world, it university. But, uh, yeah, we just call it university. Oh so, yeah. Well, anyway, so what did you study there? Um, well, it's called. Uh, what's it called? Communication and multimedia design. Um, but I basically did four years of game design in it because you can sort of specialize with that uh, course. That's cool. Okay. Um, I haven't actually finished it yet. Uh, that's another one of those things. Like schools just really, never really work out for me. They haven't really worked out in the past and they're still not really working out. But, you know, I do learn things. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm Are you going to finish or you don't know? Well, uh, I sort of have to because of all the loans. Because it's going to be very expensive if I don't. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll we see, do yeah. have a lot of uh, guests come on who have studied video games design, mm. uh, and uh, so what sort of things did they teach you? I'm just curious about what kind. Well, it's. I mean, um, I don't really want to like um, talk down on the school, but I think it's kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Never mind. Yeah, I named it though. But carry on. No, I wouldn't name it, but uh, no, it's uh, it's I don't know. It, I just think it could be so much better. Like um, the way it is is very like you have to sort of figure out yourself what like how things work and and you know if you have a like if if you want to know how to I don't know uh, write some code, the teachers would basically go like oh I don't know here's a, a Google and find it yourself and you know that's not really a school in a way at least. No, um, the thing it's, about uh, it's very yeah, weird. That is a bit peculiar, but. I mean, when I was at university, because I'm a thousand years old, um, Google didn't actually exist. I oh, know. <laughs> um, in fact, the internet 
barely came into being. Mm. So yeah, no, imagine that. Um, but uh, I remember that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. The uni- university's um, way it works is to, you, you're meant to be researching yourself, but there's you know lecturers are there to guide you and where to look and to say yeah, exactly. Yeah. Google it is not really. No, I mean that, that's yeah. a simplification, of course. But I mean the things. Um, they sort of at least this this particular course for me what it lacked was that it doesn't really um, tell you the things you don't really know like if that makes any sense well uh, someone who's like delved into modding and that sort of stuff certainly but I would yeah. have hoped any uh, game uh, development course would deal with things like let's just say how do you resolve class dis- detection between one object and another in a game oh, yeah, sounds exactly. really sounds really obvious but how do you do that? You've got two, one object that um, then it, when it interacts with another object on the screen, you have to tell the computer when that happens, um, that's going to cause a bad thing or a good thing to happen, depending on what it's picking up. How do you resolve that? That's the sort of thing I would expect it to do. I'm not, I mean, I'm, uh, it's, did, it, did they ever teach that? I don't know. Um, or yeah. You, yeah, I mean, that's the well, sort of thing. Well, it's sort of like... Um, you can. I mean, there there were opportunities to learn that definitely. Um, and um, I wouldn't say that they didn't really teach me anything. And I think they did teach me a lot in in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But it's just that, um, like, when you're out of school, and I suppose that that sort of happens with everything. But when you're out of school, at least when you're doing it like for the real for the real world, like when yeah. you're, you're making an, an actual game and trying to finish something and actually, yeah. you know, selling a game. Um, there's just a lot of things you run into you never really heard of you never really you don't really have a clue how to to deal with it like for example how to deal with press people like you I've never, <laughs> never I've never done that in school nobody told me like there would be interviews or whatever I mean I sort of expected that but I don't know it's, it's just very, um, it all depends who you're working for I mean if you're working if you're working for a large developer of a thousand people yeah true that's well they would shield you from any kind of media yeah uh, and the only person who would get the interview would be the executive producer Whatever the hell that is. Yeah, well, that, I suppose that is true as well. I mean, I um, I did an internship at uh, Vanguard Games in Amsterdam, uh, who made um, called Greed Corp um, and uh, Gatling Gears, and then later when I was there, they made Halo Spartans. Um, and yeah, I mean, none of the the team members really talked to the press, so that's sort of my my experience with like a. A proper that's, real that's game the... company or something. I don't know. Well, whatever that is, <laughs> um, but this is. No, independent means you're you stand like you get to stand by what you made, which is yeah. awesome. So that's that's why I mean I do interview large developers, but it's harder because mm-hmm. like I said, you find yourself interviewing the executive executive producer. Yeah, I suppose. And it's it's like what do you do exactly? Well <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Then you get this whole list of things they Yeah, the whole <laughs> list of things they allegedly do, which is basically staring at Gantt charts going or staring at a screen going, How about if you made that blue? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Well>, I <laughs> sort of get that as well. Like, I know I, I can understand what sort of position they're in. Um, in a yeah, way, I suppose. Uh, just being cynical, but yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a yeah. bit silly at, at all the time. Yeah, well. um, we we can lambast the industry generally, but uh, although it's in a interesting state right now with the, you know, the the current generation of consoles, developers finally getting onto them and go, oh, so they can do all this? Yes. Yep. Uh, and like, wow, that's awesome. I know, isn't it? Why is the Xbox One almost the same as PS4? Oh, that's our fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a discussion for another time. What are 
your biggest influences as a creator? This is a very hard question to oh. answer because it's it's too open ended, and I've tried to refine it, but I can't. So I tried to describe it to you. What I'm, right. I'm teasing out of you is what is the thing that you orbit as a as a person as a creator? What is the one thing you keep on being drawn to? What do you think it is? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like uh, it's for me. It's very uh, important that the game or any game um, has a proper sort of feel to it. Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense as well. No, no. Um, you explore that further. What do okay. You um, well, let's say. Um, well, let, you know, Pillars of Eternity, the game that just got released. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. that did a fantastic job. But then there was also a while ago there was um, what's the other game? Wasteland, yes. which is like a similar game. It's like an old school RPG, and uh, I loved Fallout. I never really played Baldur's Gate that much uh, actually because it just wasn't really around. I don't know. It's never really got to it. I don't know. You're probably too busy um, shooting people in Counter Strike. Yeah, probably. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like um, now, when I play Wasteland. And compare that to Pillars of Eternity. I'm not sure if that's like an, an actual comparison I should make. Well, they're but both RPGs. They have both RPGs. Settings, yeah, they have. Both, uh, you know, they they both have ranged weapons. One spells. One's weapons. Yeah, true. One has mutant monsters. One has demonic monsters. But it's still similar. It, it's so, similar okay. in a way. You've got, but let's say the dialogue in though in both uh-huh. both games. Um, for some reason, that didn't really work out. Like all that well in uh, Wasteland. Uh, for some reason, I find the Pillars uh, dialogue a lot more sort of... Uh, yeah, they have a lot more sort of emotion to it or something, mm-hmm. a lot more feel to it. Um, yeah. Even I know, though, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I think that is, for me, that is sort of... That makes a game. Um, but at the same time, like, you have games like... Um, let's compare, just for, for the sake of it... Um, you know, the older Command Conquer games, um, when you had the first Command Conquer game, this opening scene, when you start the GDI campaign, there's this sort of, you've got this river and this little sort of cutscene, or not even cutscene, it's like a little animation, the camera pans to the left a little bit, I think, or at least it's somewhere there. Then there's a hovercraft coming or a ship or something, and it yeah. shoots some things, and then you, your, your units land. And that's when this, this music, you've got this, this background music, and it's all like, oh yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm sort of commanding this war th- uh, thing here. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's sort of the initial moment where um, you have this sort of really cool feel of how the game is going to be for the rest of the game, I suppose. Just these five seconds or maybe a minute of the, of the game is, is... Yeah, that really, opening uh, sequence of Command & Conquer is... Just yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does cool. that really well. And then later you have Tiberian Sun, which I think does it even better because the music is just spot on with it. Then you've got these drop pods dropping out of the sky. You've got this whole um, sort of landscape that's all like wasteland, and you know, you've got glowy bits of uh, uh, what's it? Um, what's the resource called again? Tiberium. Uh, uh, Tiberium. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you've got Tiberium. These glowing, glowing things. And this music spot on, and it's got this atmosphere, and they don't really tell anything in that sort of like. There's no words in there. Like, I mean, there is this voiceover of Eva talking about things, but then, you know, it's just this uh, this sort of atmosphere you've got that that sort of sets the tone for the rest of the game. I think that is very sort of important in a game. Um, yeah. So you're inspired yeah, by the actual underlying tone of the game and what yeah. that feeds back to the player. Yeah, and you want to make sure that that's not 
disturbed or undermined during the creation process? That's what inspires you. Well, I'm not sure if, like... I'm sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm just <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, um, I'm just trying to figure out if that's actually is that the true? thing. Um, yeah. I think it is. I think it's very... At least that's something that I, I just find very interesting and it's something I would like to be able to do as well or, like, yeah... Yeah, um, okay. and I'm not sure if I can because I, I, you know, being a judge of your own game is impossible. You just can't tell if. It's yeah, well, one, one's uh, uh, you can be your own worst critic, of course. You can go just rubbish. And then, yeah, but at know. the same time, then you know, you're five minutes later, you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, and it's then pretty cool, you, you, yeah. just, you don't know, you know, it's, it's you yeah. can't really tell. I think um, um, any creative endeavor, you just have to understand what what, what good enough is. I mean, perfectionism yeah, I is is a uh, tortuous, and I'm sure you figured that out. You and your team have figured that out. Like, don't do that. Well, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. But you could just, we'll never finish it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, good fun. enough. It sounds really weird. And I've said this to other guests on the show, and they've agreed with me. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. You just got to understand it's, that. Embrace the good enough. It, it's all yeah. right. It's okay. And it's just that I think the difference is where, where your good enough is and where somebody else is good enough is. That's right. Whatever. That's, that's uh, again, uh, um, sort of you know, shrink like the discussion, but okay. speaking of other people, who do you most admire in the industry, in the video game industry, as a creator, and, and why? So, what developer do you think uh, they're doing good things? Please continue. Well, I to be honest, I haven't really met that many developers. Like I've I've talked to a couple of people at, at various shows, but I've you know, uh, Rest was our first, or at least my first sort of international show where I actually actually talked to. Developers. Yeah. It's a very um, chilled experience, isn't it, Rez? I mean, yeah, it was. It was really nice. Yeah. It's really. It's not typical. Uh, I have to say, it, it, it's. It's why I like going to it. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I, just, I was at Gamescom a couple of years ago, and that was just madness. <laughs> yeah, just, um, like, I've done so Gamescom. Crazy. I've stopped doing it um, because I don't know. It feels a little bit too much like E3. Uh, I don't know. I've never because, been to E3 because there's two halves to Gamescom. There's the press side. And the business side and the public side, yeah. and I suspect the public side is what you're referring to. The insect. well, I've been I've been to both places. Uh, yeah. Like we've, I, I had this student pass, so I could go anywhere. But uh, yeah, the um, yeah, the, the public area is just it's it's so crazy. Even it on is. the press day, like when there are I don't know. Uh, Normally there were like like I don't know hundred thousand people there or something, and then on the yeah. press day only like maybe ten thousand or something. Yeah, it's not um, so that's still like a lot of people, but it's still uh, a lot of people. Yeah. It wasn't that sort of busy, but at the same time, you still sort of there were people at the razor, uh, you know, uh, uh, booth going like, "Oh, you want this keyboard?" and then just throw it into the crowd, and I'm like, "What the hell is that? That's not, yeah. you know." I mean, I, it's sort of this sort of, yeah, I don't know. It's just sort of this crazy circus of two hundred and fifty thousand Germans. Most oh, Jesus, <laughs> it is generally. It's I think it's ninety percent Germans go to it. I think. Yeah, it probably well, is. I mean, I it think, is in yeah, Germany. I mean, it so. is in Germany. Cologne's a very lovely city, but I think a lot of French go too. I think I did encounter a lot of French while I was there. Okay, yeah, maybe and possibly a Belgian. <laughs> Belgians don't really seem to go anywhere, do they? I mean, you said that. You said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, the, 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 I mean that, that, neighboring nation. I, I rarely, I rarely encounter Belgians when I go somewhere. That's what I sort of mean. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You encounter lots of, lots of British and like Canadians and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's only because maybe there are like only five thousand, five million Belgians in the world, and I think half of them speaks French. 
Right. And then there's the other half of the Flemish stuff. And yeah, yeah it's just right. You, you're quite right. Yeah. I mean, it's just the half of population of London, for pity's sake. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> what the hell. I know. London's just too big. That's it is. When, when people come to, like, what is it with all these people? I know. I know. Yeah. It's not right, is it? But that's cool. Um, so, what? Oh, we haven't answered the question then. What, who, do you, who do you most admire, particularly? Is anyone. Um, I mean, you don't have to have met them. You just like, you know, you, you like well, their work. Um. I just like I really like um what the guys at um uh what's it called Obsidian Entertainment do and I don't really know any of them very well except for like I've I've spoken to Chris Avalon on uh on chat a little while but not really I don't really know him um but yeah I sort of admire what they do just because of the writing things they do and the atmosphere they create in most of their games um so yeah that's something you know, I, I wish I was as good as them. That's sort of what I. Well, it's something. It's something to aspire to, and that's oh, yeah. what uh, that's what the the question was really about. You know, who would you, who do you think is doing the right things? And I think you're right. The writing in um, Pillar, Pillars of Eternity is uh, extraordinary. I yeah. keep on wanting to call it Pillar of Autumn, which is really dumb. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I have the same thing. It's like Pillars of uh, what's it? Eternity. Oh yeah, Eternity. Right. You have to stumble, yeah. right? It's not autumn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's a hulking great battleship from Halo. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of games, uh, what are you playing right now? What was you? What was you established that you're playing Pillars of Eternity? Yeah. Well, believe it or not, I just like uh, when I got home, I bought GTA Five. Actually. Um, and oh, for the PC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it on Xbox, but then um, I don't have an Xbox anymore because my ex-girlfriend had the Xbox. And oh. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I prefer playing on PC anyway, so, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, people don't know this, but GTA started life on a PC. Uh, yeah, was it PC or PlayStation? I'm not. No, really it was it was a PC prefer. game originally. Right, okay, uh, yeah. An event. It did. It appeared on the PS1 at the same time. Oh uh, right, yeah. It's like I, I had it for PC actually. The first one. Yeah. I still have the poster somewhere around. I, you know <laughs> the one or the 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 the, the cloth. It wasn't cloth. Like paper uh, map you got with it. Yeah, yeah. And you actually needed them because there wasn't really an in-game map. Uh, so you right, had to yeah. use these these paper maps to sort of figure out where the hell you were. Um, that was great. It was it was a great game and. It's like it's, it's like uh, um, uh, Tomb Raider. People go, "Oh, it's a PS One game." Actually, uh, no, nope. <laughs> it's a PC game. What? Nope. Oh yeah, if you saw it on the PC, it was like, especially when you had remember those 3DX cards when they oh, yeah, yeah, cards, yeah. where you just like it's 3D. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, what? Yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to look like. So when nope. I see people go, "Oh, it's a great PS One game," I just grind my teeth. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the same with like people going, "Oh, Halo was the best shooter at the time." Yeah, for a console, and that's why I'm like, yeah, but I mean, two years before that, there was like Counter Strike, and there was like Half Life and yeah. Unreal, and everything, Quake, and all that. Like, how can you say it's a well? I anyway, know, yeah. Unreal, <laughs> Unreal Tournament was my game. Oh, sorry, that was, that yeah, was my yeah. Insta Jib was one of the best. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah, I was, was terrible fun. at it, but I still loved it. Yeah, I, I wasn't the best at it, but I, I like that. You had to line up and go. Okay, I'm going to shoot now. I've, damn it! Why are you moving? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, you have to sort of train your your um, you know your snap shooting quick thing skills. I don't know. You did. That was the yeah. whole point of it, and uh, it was a great leveler. But even though I was, I was rubbish at it, mm. but the fact that everyone had the same weapon and they, the only way they could kill each other was with the same weapon. Yep. Sounds dull, everyone, but also look it up. Instajib. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's uh, and Fat Boy was another one. That was one I liked doing with the the person willing. Got fatter and fatter, and everyone else got. Fatter. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was, cool. that was one as well. Yeah. So, um, what's GTA like on a PC? Was that- I don't know. I haven't downloaded it yet. <laughs> it's, it's, I actually paused the download because. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a good idea to download it at the same time. But yeah, yeah, I have it on the Xbox 360. I do need to upgrade it, but I'm not sure what to. Whether to, I mean, I like playing games on my couch, but I like playing games on my office chair too. It shouldn't make any difference. So yeah, I don't know. But GTA, I just. I, li- I liked 4, I finished 4. I never uh, did. Uh, well, not a lot of people did, actually, because the story started to ra- unraveling. Yeah, it got it. a bit boring. Like, at some yeah. point, when you had unlocked both the uh, the islands, and then it was just like, yeah, might as well just shoot people in the face for fun instead of, like, yeah. No, I do love the storylines, because you, know, you and I know it's satire. The whole oh, yeah. game is satire, and it's not written by Americans, it's written by Scottish people. Is it? So, right. Yeah, yeah. So okay, wow. it's, it's Europeans, us Europeans, mm. being satirical about American culture. That's why it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't actually I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's people who don't live in the culture, wow. who live outside it, looked objectively at it and go, and that's the whole premise. That's why the games have been, you know, been so successful because the writing is it's been so sharp, but it's yep. been written by people who don't live in it. I suppose that is, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I suppose sometimes that doesn't work out, but in this case, it definitely did. Yep. Um, so, anything else do you want to chat about? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, no, it's just about the games that you you play. So, any other? Um, games? yeah, I mean, Pillars of Eternity. I've, I actually this this last month has been the most expensive video game month for me in a long time. I hate. Uh, I just like Bloodborne <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, I haven't actually that because I don't have any console right now. But uh, I I bought um, Pillars of Eternity, yeah. GTA Five, and uh, what's it called? Uh, City Skylines. I've heard uh, about this. I've heard about which this. is it's it's good it's um it's what SimCity should have been apparently yeah yeah <laughs> definitely yeah but at the same time you also at least I get this sort of idea uh, and I don't really mean this in a bad way because it's actually a really good game but I get this idea that they sort of like they saw SimCity didn't really do very well or like let me see, Sim, the new SimCity oh, was really was terrible bad bad um, job. So they, the developers of City Skyline, saw that. Uh, at least that's my sort of theory. They saw that they were like, "Oh, we have to make this game really quickly now." Um, so they did that, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's good enough. Uh, and that is, you know, is. going back place. to the to the thing, it's good enough. But good enough. I think it's missing just this tiny little bit, especially in the end game when you've got like a city of of eighty, like ninety thousand people. It just there's no game left. You're done, okay. and it's that's, that's a bit of that's shame. Sad. That is, yeah. Oh, when it sort of peters out like that. I hope Pillars of Eternity doesn't do that. I don't think it does from reports mm. that are people telling me. Not to spoil anything, but uh, yeah. Um, okay, that's 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 a good selection. I mean, I backed yeah. Pillars of Eternity, so when it arrived, hurrah! Finally. Oh yeah, I didn't actually, because I, and I should have, but um, yeah. Oh well, the problem with me backing things is that then I can't review it. Oh right, yeah. I have conflict of interest, so yeah, it makes sense. Oh well, but at least I can say positive things about it. Not because, you know everyone else has mm. whatever. Fair enough. Awesome. 
well, that's the first right. half of the show. Well done, that man. You <laughs> okay, through. cool. It's you know, so we're now you know, you've, your final boss was what you're playing right now. So it's kind of a, a teaching boss. So right. now we go on to the second <laughs> half of the show, okay. where we talk about. like the quick pitch of it no 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 just whatever you could do the elevator pitch as they call it um, but I think you just it's difficult for me to I, I've tried to explain it to people and I just get blank stares so do a better job than I can what is it um, right well um, it is a tactical roguelike like if that makes any sense to you uh, if that doesn't which it doesn't to like family so I've had this sort of explaining thing uh, well I've had to do it a couple of times um it is basically a game in which uh, your spaceship has crash landed uh, yeah. on a planet, um, and you set out with your um, vehicles because inside the spaceship carry a couple of vehicles because of reasons. Um, and you set well, out into uh, the... the moon lander had one, so why not? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, you set out uh, into this sort of planet, and the planet is of course a wasteland because it's cool. Um, and you set out, you find parts to repair your ship. Um, and then uh, you do this whole thing um, by driving sort of literally over a map. Uh, that's what you see, and the sort of the classical um, traveling around the world sort of uh, thing you have in older games as well. Um, and yeah, you travel around, you random uh, encounter random events or you know, just radio signals, as we call them. Um, there's stuff going on there, and then you've got this little dialogue. Uh, thing in which you choose what your options are and then um, depending on what you choose you either get your stuff or combat I think yeah I think that sort of explains it oh yeah and then of course combat is this sort of tactical uh, maneuvering kind of game in which you shoot other targets with your units sort of like an RTS combined with uh, I don't know like this endless runner type thing I suppose Uh <laughs> The elevator pitch is really a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did a reasonable job. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to flesh it out a bit more if I like. Right. So, yes. in my view, it's an overworld map similar to games like, I don't know, um, Final Fantasy or indeed uh, other Japanese RPGs, I think. I suppose. I've uh, never played Japanese RPG, actually. Okay, well, that's surprising <laughs> considering you've got this thing in it. Uh, and then you go trundling around and every now and again things happen. Uh, these things can be anything from, um, you know, encountering uh, um, 
a, a vehicle that's burnt out on the side of the road and like, what are you going to do? Is it a trap? It's not a trap. Probably is. Oh, well, never mind. Here you go. Death, death, death. Um, <laughs> and then when it happens, it triggers a completely different environment in the game, which is, I believe, the core of the game. The core of Convoy is uh, a road that goes from left to right, and you've got a truck in the middle of it, which you cannot move, but it just con- con- goes at a continued pace, doesn't stop, doesn't slow down, uh, doesn't increase speed, it goes at the same pace. But everything else around it does increase and decrease speed, which means that the focal point of the view is in the middle of the screen, and everything scrolls around it. And you can do all sorts of winner wonderful things with these, and you have various escorting um uh, vehicles up to four isn't it or five yeah four, four. Yeah. up to four vehicles that are escorting the big truck and the more vehicles you have the more powerful vehicles you have the better and uh we have said it's a roguelite because you know once you die there's no save it's like oh well you've got to start again and have another go maybe make yep. some other decisions and but you still have some carryover from the previous games you can invest some money and build yourself up and you get bigger and bigger so the whole game is just essentially built around new game plus yep pretty much Do you think that's pretty much a reasonable pitch for, um for yeah i suppose i suppose it is. <laughs> yeah that, that sort of makes sense that'll do um yeah. so between a pair of us we fleshed out this game yeah uh, which is convoy <laughs> which cool. is awesome and i really really enjoyed it from what i played at res and what i've played since because i've got a build of it um i'm not going to say much more than that but it's it's uh it's it's a fun game uh, it's very 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 um challenging because that's a roguelite, and all roguelites, if they're worth any worth any uh, any of your time, is that they are challenging. You know, Binding of Isaac being the classic example. Uh, of course, Rogue being the, the ultimate, but that's a different beast entirely. Um, so, I just want to ask you about this overview map and the zoomed-in combat area. Yeah, how did that come about? Um, well, actually, I. Um when yeah it was about two years ago or not even that a year and a half ago no it was two years ago actually i was um at vanguard games at the time doing my internship uh and i sort of had this idea of trying to make a game for myself um so i had a tablet and on that tablet i wanted to do like some experiments um and stuff like that so i sort of made this endless runner kind of game yep. with um it was basically a road um just going uh, from, I think it was from from top to bottom, um, like in a portrait mode, and you had your sort of vehicle, um, I think it was just a cube at the time, but anyway, it was supposed to be a car, um, and you had to drive around, or from left to right, I think it was like with a uh, a, a touch-drag mechanic, um, where you could sort of um, uh, dodge obstacles and had to occasionally shoot something. Um, So yeah, that was sort of what started the whole concept of this uh, endless road kind of thing, uh, I suppose. Um, and then, yeah, that got fleshed out a bit more. I uh, started talking to people, and uh, yeah, we sort of turned this whole thing into um, Convoy, the way it is now. Okay, so it just evolved. I just yeah. want to tease out from you from this idea of this overview map. I mean, why? Is it just to make it a story, to make it, to give some sort of... Um, purpose to as to why the convoy is trundling along it's going to somewhere yeah well um sorry are we talking about the overview map or the the, Just combat? the, the interaction so, between the two oh right okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're completely juxtaposed to each other yeah, one is exactly you're, yeah. you're driving through and it's just no interaction at all apart from 
well, we're going to talk about that later in, in when I've got one of the questions <laughs> okay. the aspects of when you, yeah. you trigger an event. But, you know, why? Why did that come about? Is it um, to get that out of you? Well, we, uh, when, when we started working on it, we, we knew we didn't really have, like, infinite amount of time. So um, we sort of had to uh, cut the game up in a couple of smaller bits that we could, if all else would fail, um, like, sort of ship eventually, like, individually. Um, so we had this whole combat mechanic and the combat mechanic, the combat thing in itself could be like a game in itself. There, there weren't like any, uh, you, you don't really need the, the, the world map to sort of tie this together. You could just spawn more enemies constantly. Um, so that was sort of our, our base, um, like product that we could possibly like ship. Um, and then after that it was like, yeah, okay, we've got like extra bits we can add to it. So that was, um, I think the second thing we, we did was um, upgrades for units, or like how you could uh, like customize your uh, your equipment and all that. Um, but that was done fairly quickly. So after that, um, we decided to add these little um, story elements to the game. So we've got like that's when we got the events. Uh, we figured we needed about maybe thirty events to sort of tie the whole thing together. Uh-huh. Um, that is, of course, now a lot more than that. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> The uh, and then, well, that sort of we we made that, and then it wasn't really that great for some reason. Um, I can understand now why it wasn't that great, actually. But um, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, we we sort of added this whole feature of of this world map to it uh, initially because we didn't really you know sort of know what the game was going to be about until I think maybe uh, I don't know a year into development. Uh, we didn't really have a backstory for it. It was like, yeah, uh, what happened? What, why are we doing that, actually? What, yeah. what, what's going on? Like, what, yeah, what's yeah. the reason you're, you're doing all this? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think at first it was you have to, you, you were escaping something and you had to go to a certain place for some reason. Um, that was, that was the, the, the initial sort of reason uh, or main storyline we had in the game. Um, and then there was this world map from. I think you had to go from the top left to the bottom right, and there were these events scattered around, similar to how we have it now. Um, and yeah, that sort of didn't really work out all that well because it was a bit too small and a bit too linear, especially for like a game that was supposed to be um, you know played a lot. Um, so yeah, then I think that got changed around where we had this bigger map. Uh, and I mean, I'm not really 100% sure where all this... Uh, like what the process was, but I think it was it at some point. Evolved, we did. It? Yeah, it, it it did evolve. Yeah, I mean, it's that's it's what I'm trying to you know years, and it's got, uh, from yeah. from from like nothing to a lot. But uh, yeah, yeah, it it was it was this sort of process where we we did things, and then after a while, um, we just threw it away and just re redid the whole thing, or just just yeah. did it differently the, or whatever. The creative endeavors is actually extremely destructive. Oh yeah, it is. sounds bizarre when when he said, "What do you mean?" He's like, well, ninety percent of what was actually created to make to see the thing you're looking at now was yeah. thrown away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, we've got just like in 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 talking in technical terms, we've got so many lines of code that we just threw away. Uh, but right now, actually, there's something I'm I'm working on just right now uh, today. Is uh, actually is the um, the whole the size of the whole game itself i think is right now the project folder is like 6 gigabytes uh the game when you download it right now is i think 2 gigs um which is still way too big 
Right. Uh, and I'm trying to sort of cut it down to about a gigabyte in maximum sort of size. Yeah. Um, but it's that big because there are so many old assets that we just don't use anymore. And that's all the things we, we made after we came up with the, the ideas. And that's only the things that have been added in maybe the last year or something. It's, it's like, all about planning and how you actually get – I mean, everyone has their own way of doing it. Yeah. And you like, oh, let's, that, they've got an idea. Let's plug it in and then it didn't work out. But oh, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, expended yeah. resources and time and created yep. stuff that you don't need anymore. So, yep, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's just something we we basically learned from this project is that um, I, I, I wouldn't say that's something uh, we didn't know, but something we would definitely have more experience now with than we had before is just how to sort of figure out what is needed for something and then also to sort of define what is needed instead of just starting to make it. Uh, and then halfway figuring out, oh, it needs to be actually slightly different, and which means everything we did so far has to be redone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a sort of thing you learn. Yeah, um, it's all part of the go. process. So yep. my next question, I want to talk about the combat now. I, uh, I'm gonna, this is the question I come out with. I think it's a bit highfalutin, but I'll try anyway. Convoy requires the player to understand situational awareness and know when to commit and when not to. How do you think Convoy communicates this? Told you it was a bit uh, okay. Yeah, but that's basically <laughs> what I was trying. To, what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, when you're trundling along and you have all these enemies and things, other things. It's not just the enemies that are a problem, but it's the environment. Could you yeah. explain that, please? Um, right. So yeah, you definitely need to sort of know. Um, what's going on, what you can expect. And those are the things we... Um, that's actually something we, we figure out while making the tutorial. Um, right. Like, if, you, if you're fresh into the game, you have no idea how to play it. Um, and that was something that's very interesting to see, especially at a place like Rest, where we've got this like huge crowd of people playing it. Yeah, you've got some people um, really understood it. And oh, yeah, definitely. People, and other people like, I, yeah. I don't... I just, Exactly. Why, yeah. Why did and my car just go into a wall? Because you drove it into. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's that's a really cool sort of thing to see, and that's yeah. um, sort of trying to understand why people don't understand it. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think most people sort of get it fairly quickly. Um, but the important thing is that um, you sort of take things a step at a time. I suppose mm-hmm. if you're totally unfamiliar with it, I, like the the minimal amount of knowledge. Uh, required to play convoy is that you know how to operate a mouse that is you know how to op- how to use yeah, three buttons well, and what is generally done with them I granted but there's a whole bunch of other stuff there's oh yeah of course but there's momentum uh, for one uh, yeah and, uh, acceleration yeah true um, that and yeah. and you know knowing that you know if you shove your one of your patrol cars right in the front there's a big risk that it's going to go plowing into something. Exactly, yeah. But <laughs> that's that's also why the combat never starts in uh, like this mountainous area. You always have this slightly sort of every combat has this sort of build up of um, like first there's nothing, then the enemies come in, and you're like, yeah. oh, I have to focus on this. And then after maybe twenty seconds or something, the only then the environment starts to to come into play. And yeah. that's the same with every single combat. And there's a well, this, the reason is because otherwise you'd just be overwhelmed, and especially on your first game, you drive around, you like, oh, what the hell is this? Oh, I'm wall, and I just died. I have yeah, no idea. It's, it's just <laughs> too much. Yeah, um, it's. Um, I, I found what I found most satisfying is guiding enemy uh, vehicles 
into mines or into walls. Oh, yeah. That's just hilarious. Especially when you do it and when you started out the game. Like, yep, yeah, I'm rubbish, but I, I can't. I've got no weapons. But you're an idiot. <laughs> yep, and that and that's the that's the highly advanced sort of play where at some point you sort of learn how to use your mind thrower as actually one of the best weapons in the game, even yeah. though it and in like at first glance it seems like it's terrible. But it's that's that's this thing where you you know you learn how to play the game and you you know what the game uh, does and how its sort of little details work. Um, and I think that's that's thing every game has, and that is something called depth i suppose in, yeah. in, in games <laughs> but no, I, just, uh, I just wanted to understand how you communicate to the player what's going on at the screen because yeah what we haven't mentioned is you can hit pause at any time yes exactly yeah it's um, real time but you can just hit the space bar and go okay what do i do now okay yep. but he's moved over to there uh, she's over there because you've got mm-hmm. different characters and different people and voices and stuff yep. and like okay uh let's just drive down to that one then Avoid the mine sweeper that's really annoying me because I've got to drive behind him. Because that happens a lot when you just start driving behind a mine sweeper or a mine layer. This yeah. is the dumbest thing to do because it's just going to lay loads of mines behind it. Yep. So, um, yeah, ramming them off the road, though, on into walls is my, in the early part, where I was most successful because my weapons are terrible. Yep. Just, I wasn't actually ramming them, I was just nudging them. Yeah, that yeah. works. And like, that, if, you, if you trap him and then there's this, yeah. like, his war coming up, then, yeah. There's nothing you can do. But, oh. but you have to be very careful about not ramming into the wall as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's also very cool about it, that, it, like, it's, it, it doesn't matter how, how uh, much you've upgraded your units or whatever, like, if you hit a wall, it's dead, it's gone, and it's your own fault. And you, it's, like, it's 100% avoidable. Yet still, it happens to everybody, yeah. and that's I think one of the, the coolest elements of the game, actually. Um, and it's only something we added since the Kickstarter, so that was like I think probably the best sort of decision we did to the game in one, the last couple of months. One of the things that struck me about it as well was the, the fidelity of the graphics. Now, bear with me. Um, I think the fact that there's the, the pixels in each um, element, each sprite, or not sprites. Mm-hmm. I know you know the. The, 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 the elements on, on yeah. the screen, the truck, so bright and so detailed and so defined and the animation so smooth on everything, you know exactly what everything's doing. I mean, there's smoke effects and some explosions, but they're not, they don't obscure what's going on. Um, mm. Was that always a, a, something that the game sported? Was this graphical out? Was it all, did it always look like this? Or did you go for like, you could have done it in Unreal Engine or something like that. Mm. You could have done all sorts of things. You could have made it you know, fully rendered and that sort of stuff. You, 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 you said yourself, you've got experience in that, that side of yeah. 3D aspect game. Because this game is two-dimensional, by the way, everyone. It's a top-down 2D game. It's all, it's, I say that's all it is. But like I said, the fidelity is quite high, which actually enhances the game. Is that always the case, or did you go through many different... Um, I think we sort of decided on this... Well, I wouldn't say this exact look, but at least the sort of 2D uh, pixel art aspect of the game was decided, I think, in the first week. Um, And it's the main reason we did that, and a lot of people think it's like some sort of artistic uh, design choice or whatever. No, for us, the reason we did that was uh, mostly because we sort of uh, expected to to have about half a year to make the game, and any sort of different kind of art thing would like take so much more work. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, this whole 2D pixel art thing was the easiest thing for us to do. Um, and, yeah. 
Because it looks so detailed. Everything looks so detailed. That's all. I just. Oh yeah. I mean, it certainly grew. The text is so small. You know, it's not a criticism. It's tiny, but it's so readable. It's bizarre. (laughs) Um, It wouldn't work on a console game at all, but it works so well on the PC because it's just you within a foot. If well, about 300 millimeters away from your, your monitor. And this is like, yeah, it's really clear. Yeah, the, the, that's something we sort of made sure, because um, we're using Unity, and Unity is a 3D engine, actually. It is. Um, but, but the 2D we made, stuff has got yeah, a we, lot better, isn't it? <laughs> it has, but we don't actually use any of the 2D things from Unity, um, because we started the game before uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> available. So yeah. what we did was we just make sure... Um, that we have a minimal resolution for the game. I think it actually is possible to uh, like put it on lower resolutions, but I haven't actually tried that. Uh, the minimal resolution for the game, and that's also a choice. We just, uh, like, how do we choose this? Well, uh, I don't know, check out the hardware surveys of Steam and see what resolutions everybody has. Okay, this is the lowest resolution, and I think there's like a 0.5% of people who don't have that. Um, so, yeah, um, screw those people. Uh, <laughs> That's the um, way to, to encourage audience. But yes, yeah, no, I'm sorry, but I mean, that's 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 sort of how you make decisions. Um, and then we decided that the minimal resolution would have to be uh, 1280 by 720, which is this like what 720p. It's a uh, it's half. Um, I need not half, but it's it's like a part of uh, uh, full HD. Um, Everybody is able to uh, sort of look at that. Uh, and then we just made sure that we use every single pixel of those uh, yeah. those available to us. You did. Um, you did. That's the point. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> I excuse mean, the pun. It's just every little point. Just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something I think old games used as well. Like, yeah, no, uh, you if you have only 300 pixels available to you, 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 you make sure you use every one, single yeah, one of them. Uh, and we do the same with, with ours. Um, at least for the most important elements. Because if you take a look, a lot of the background elements are actually a different resolution, sort of. Yeah, um, they've got fatter pixels. That's yeah. what I call them, fat pixels. Yeah, I suppose that is. Cause, uh, um, and and that's, that's great, because the contrast between the finely tuned detailed vehicles yep. and the fat pixels behind it is really cool. It's a really good... Uh, well, I, I just didn't, I like it. I like we, it. We, we actually tried to do that with um, with more detailed pixels, and we did this sort of, well, not play test, but we just showed this this to a couple of people um, where we had this road that was highly detailed, like very, um, you know, the, the fidelity on it was, was just extreme. Same with the, the sand in the background. And uh, showed that to people, and people were like, oh, I, what I have to look at, it moves, and I just want to, you know, you want to look at that single one, single frame, but then it just keeps moving. And unless you have motion blur, people just get a headache. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to sort of lower the uh, fidelity of that, and then it's just a lot more pleasing to look yeah, at. very smooth. Um, the thing is, though, if it's if it's standing still, then it's not very, you know, it doesn't really. It it shows that it's actually fairly low detail. But then at the same time, it's not something you have to focus on because you want to focus on your units and on your uh, your your other things. So yeah. yeah. So my last question. I know I'm sad okay. too. It's it's you know all good things they come to an end, but unfortunately, you know, is what is is what it is. Um, there are choose-your-own-adventure-like elements in Convoy where you encounter mm. something and it says, oh, you've got a, you know, a, 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 looks like a, a bunch of settlers that are uh, very poorly armed and uh, they've been, you know, attacked by raiders. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to help them out or are you going to drive on by? Are just going to blow them up, you know? Um, I just want to ask, 
I don't want to give you want to give anything away here, but it's just an overarching question. What overall impact does the choices made by the player in those <laughs> all those situations have on the overall game? Um, is, it, is it massively impactful, or is it like, eh? Uh, well, I I don't want to sort of ruin your fantasy, but it actually does absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but wanna, yeah, that is also for a reason because it's it's it wouldn't be that hard to sort of put a uh, like uh, I don't know like a morality meter or something in the game. Yeah. But I personally think that is absolutely stupid um, <laughs> because you can't really measure uh, like good and evil on a on a slider. <laughs> uh, I mean that's just the bioware, the, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's one of the 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 things I actually don't like about a lot of those games uh, is that you have got this. Super basic, good binary. versus evil. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, people are binary. That's what makes them exactly, interesting. Yeah. If they were, then it would be quite a boring place. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's we, we just, didn't want to yeah, do that. I suspect that was the case, but I wanted to hear it from you. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Um, yeah. So the game is coming out on PC, Windows, Mac, and Linux, or is it just yeah? Uh, PC, uh, Windows, and Mac uh, coming uh, next week, and then Linux a little bit after that because uh, we uh, sort of need to do that still. So. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I understand because Unity is a cross-platform. Yeah, it, it should be easy, but uh, well, we, well yeah. I don't know. We we don't really have any experience with Linux at all, so uh, we only I think just got a Linux PC um, yesterday, promised to us by a good friend. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're gonna look at that in the next couple of weeks and then make sure it's working properly yeah brilliant thank you very very much alright no you. problem I really really appreciated your time and your candor <laughs> you've been you've been great guest uh, I do wish you the very best of luck uh, in, in the release of Convoy and you know, all your future endeavours whatever they may be uh, you're more than welcome to come back on the show with any new game you come up with uh, All right, that'd be fantastic, and uh, yes, yeah, so I wish you the best of luck. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher dot com. So just go to Stitcher dot com, and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory, and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer and listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Bye!
Thank you.